Thanks for clicking on the video. Hit us with a like on Facebook, a subscribe on YouTube, a follow on Instagram. You can find us at Homie and the Dude. That is at Homie and the Dude. Thanks again. Enjoy the video. All right. We are here. This is Homie and the Dude, episode 28. And super happy to be joined today by Hanu Mantra, a, uh, a blackwork tattoo artist that uh, is pretty prominent and, uh, and, and well-known on Instagram. So we're really, really excited to get into a really nice conversation with you, man. Before we start, um, for our audience, we have a sponsor, Vist.Kitchen. Vist.Kitchen does kick-ass vegan food like you have never tasted before in Bristol, England. If you are in Bristol, check out Vist.Kitchen. They have food on Thursdays and on Saturdays. Um, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory on the website, so go for it. Highly, highly recommended. Great. What's up, dude? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad. Um, obviously, um, your style of tattooing is super, super unique and whatnot. Um, and it comes from uh, I, what I've read about you and whatnot, a lot of your traveling and whatnot. So how did you discover this style? Was it like through practicing different types of styles or... Did you outright just go, that's what I'm liking. I'm going to go straight down that path. Where, where was your discovery of that? Uh, I don't know. Really. I don't feel like I've, I don't really feel like I've arrived at anything. Mm. I feel like I'm still in a kind of transitionary, transitionary phase, but then I don't think that ever changes. I think that's the kind of deal with evolution and, and part of being creative is there's always, you're in a constant kind of, uh, a constant state of change. Um, yeah. So, my, my tattoos are definitely kind of inspired by tattooing, certainly ancient or, you know, kind of, um, what would you call it? Like, I, I guess for want of a better word, like tribal tattooing, you know, indigenous mm -hmm. tattooing. The style of work I, I work in now is is heavily inspired by that. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly earlier on in my career and, and my earlier work, very heavily, you know, I, uh, I, I used to lean on those, you know, kind of like the Borneo or the Maori or Polynesian or Yap Island kind of Micronesian type tattoos. They lean very heavily towards that. And over time, what's happened is, like I said, I've just constantly kind of been evolving and changing and taking inspiration from different places and having like kind of points of reference from different areas. So whilst the work I create is, is a tattoo, it's, it's ink and skin and it's inspired by that. A lot of my kind of frame of reference these days is is outside of tattooing mm -hmm. um you know i, I look a lot at, or i've spent a lot of time studying architecture and, uh, and various architects uh, kind of fashion and, and designers and uh, you know and even like kind of cinema or you know uh, kind of works of fiction like all of these help create a, a scene in my head i mean how i work with tattoo, I, I like to have this kind of this build up this whole scene or world of, and and then i like to project the people wearing my tattoos into that yeah. into that scene mm -hmm. um and so yeah so, so like i say i, I feel like the, the work i do is, is is rooted in traditional tattooing mm -hmm. uh, but it's also branching out into something for a long time now my head has been in kind of creating tattoos that for the kind of tribes of the future you know if you were to take a, a snapshot of what the of what future travel tattooing will look like, uh, you know, three thousand years from now, you might stumble across the work that I'm producing. It is is my it, you know in my head that's the narrative. I that's my frame of reference for my work. 
that's awesome. That's that's a super sick way of looking at it, and it's a it's a really like a in, in interesting way of almost planning or stylizing yourself for a, a prediction of style in the future. I really like that, and I've I've, I've never really heard anyone within tattooing doing or, or at least thinking in that way. So that's super awesome. Did you see Hannah Mantra's um, picture of Habib? Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> and also yeah. So there's I mean you play around with um, and I guess it's your future faces. Uh, is that is, yeah yeah so that's I that did, whole uh, area yeah i did a i curated a project uh jesus i, I don't know when the, my scales i think it was last year or the year before um that was exhibited at the london tattoo convention and that was called faces of the future uh, mm -hmm. which, which which was a an art exhibition and then got compiled into a book um and that was kind of for that i targeted a lot of real kind of um pivotal people within the like black work tribal tattoo movement you know some of them so, you know some of them are retired now and and they 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 still submitted some work and there was a couple in there that were you know just starting to push through with it um but that was kind of taking key figures in this in this area that i work within and asking them to project their ideas of where the future of it would be so in this exhibition and in this book you've got kind of a an overview of where the prominent black work tattoos of today see it being in the future um, so yeah that, that that like i say very much ties in with with my frame of reference for what yeah. i'm doing with my work i just kind of wanted to expand that to other people and uh, yeah and i love doing those kind of like the, the mock-ups like you say on uh Khabib and uh, i think i did one on justin gage as well you know yeah. I, I like just taking these things and i do them for fun you know the fight was coming up i thought oh, i'll just sit and i'll i'll sketch them so i do it for fun but again that whole doing those types of things has been really formative in the way my in the aesthetic of my work now mm. uh, because i can do those things and they're they're still designed and tailored to fit on the body but there's just no there's you, you know there's no there's no consequence for error there it's mm. just it doesn't matter you know i can just press the clear button and i start again obviously mm. that's a luxury you don't have with tattooing and so you know, you don't want to get to the end of a kind of a back piece or, and then be like, oh, I made an oversight here. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's no, you know, there is no undo button. You're not just playing around with pixels on a screen. You're playing with people's skin. So, you, you know, you, you've got to take that very seriously. Uh, you can't be kind of blasé. Uh, at least for me, I, you know, I never, I, I never take a, any job on lightly. I never, I'm, never blase with it um yeah. which kind of you know is reflected in my in my approach and application with tattooing um you know for, uh, we, the way i i would say I work is, is somewhat unconventional uh anyone ha you know that starts a kind of large-scale project with me they have to you know we, we spend a, a couple of days together where the first day is really just is me drawing on and finding the right lines on the body working yeah. out the shapes uh, and the kind of the composition of the design and the, you know, and the, the forms, uh, working all of that out in real time with them on their body with a pen. And that, that stage, again, it can't be rushed. Like I say, I can sit down with an iPad and I can knock something up in half an hour, but it's going to look like a half an hour design, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that's what, what I don't ever want to do on, on people's bodies. I want to take that time to kind of sculpt the right, the right silhouette in their, in their skin. Mm -hmm. um and then, you know and then the following day that's when we then commit the lines uh, to permanence if you like do you know what i i, I really like um a couple of things that you mentioned there because you know especially with a lot of the cultures that you mentioned in tattooing 
they believe like the tattoos are like armor for the soul and things like that. So getting the influence, I, I can imagine, of the person that you're tattooing on what you're doing can be a very uh, like spiritual and, and big part of what I, I assume you're doing. So um, actually, I was going to ask what proportion of their like wanting something gets involved with how much you then are creating the final product? Like what's the ratio kind of thing? So you mean like in terms of a like, like the, you mean how much of the design do they get to influence when they come to yeah. that kind of what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, are, yeah. are you, would you say it's like 50, 50, you're very much like moving back and forth. Would you say it's more like 70, 30 you, or maybe they're more talking about like, Oh yeah, I like that line there kind of thing. Or well, what, what's the, uh, what's the kind of, here's the, here's the example. When, um, when I had my tattoo done, I brought a picture to pull yeah. right and and i had an idea so i wanted an enzo circle and i and i had a, a picture of uh of an image and that was pretty much it i just had I, I had like maybe a little bit of composition or whatever and then he went to work and then we arrived there and he showed us basically what it was but then on the day he riffed that as well. So he was changing some things on that as well to make just, you know, kind of positionally, as you know, and just like where it will fit on the body and all that. So there was definitely iterations of the original idea. And so, the evolution. Yeah. yeah. So let's say someone brings you an original idea. Here's kind of what I'm thinking. What, what, how does, how close to that or far away from that does it end up being when, once you're done with your work? So what I'd say again, in that respect, I, I don't work in, in the most conventional way. Um, mm. I don't, I don't think I ever get people coming to me with a with an image or a drawing okay. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, not that I can think. So what I ask people to do is I ask them. So let's say someone comes to me, they say, right, well, I want to, uh, uh, you know, I'd like a back piece. Um, then I ask them to send me a photograph taken by someone else of their back standing mm -hmm. in a natural position, so I can see and I can start kind of formulating ahead of time what what things can work maybe i'm going to sit down i'm going to sketch with my ipad a little bit and, and and look at some lines that i can see there or that i think maybe there um and uh and and that's really that's kind of it until until the day that then on the day that's when i'll start working out what actually works not what i think will work on a flat 2d mm. kind of image but on a 3d real life you know, person. Um, I also asked them to just send me, so like I said, I don't tend to get people sending me uh, sketches or, or drawings or, or pictures because the work I do, I I have uh, maybe like, a, you know, somewhat of a distinct look to my work. So people kind of know what they're, what they're getting if they come to me yeah. and mm -hmm. what they, what they want is what I produce. So almost always there's just, a, there's a level of trust that people come to me with and they go, yeah i trust you know I'm, I'm putting my my skin in your hands and i trust you to do what you want to do um and i don't i don't i don't particularly like being micromanaged or anything so it is important that there is that level of trust with it that being said i do ask people ahead of time like please send me images you know of my work that you're mm. particularly drawn to you know that, that resonate you resonate with you you haven't got a if you don't even know why you don't have to dissect it or break it down you don't have to be like oh you know i like the flow of it or i like it it's kind of it's kind of irrelevant because what's going to happen is you'll pick out some key images that you that resonate with you for whatever reason for one reason or another yeah. 
they do send them over to me that's going to kind of be my point of reference i'm going to look at that we're going to have the you know the chat in the morning we're going to go over a few things i'm going to start drawing i know what my point of reference is now yeah. and i'm and i'm getting a read on the people or, or the person stood there i'm getting a read on them as i'm drawing it i mean this is the beauty of freehanding a design yeah. is it, it's not it's not drawn you know the night before in silence you know in my own kind of echo chamber and and kind of disregarding that person it's drawn on them with them in the moment it's a it's a you know it's a true expression of that of that moment and that time we spend together and uh and yeah and that's kind of so it it definitely leans more towards me creating something and my kind of vision for their body but again that's you know they need to trust their choice yeah uh, you know uh, of me as their tattoo and then they need to trust my kind of process um yeah. and like i say and and almost exclusively it's like they, they they've got these pieces of mine that, they, that they're particularly drawn to they present them to me and then we'll start and that'll be a point of reference that we'll build off and yeah and, yeah, and we and that's why i i spend that first day together um where we know we're not going to we're not trying to tattoo on that day we're not trying to put needles into the skin that's you know that's going to come tomorrow today mm-hmm. we we take all the pressure off ourselves and we make sure that we're just getting the job done to the best of our ability you know and getting the right design for that person because you know when it's pen on skin it's a very easy fix to rub something out and, and change it once you've committed the line the lines to skin it, this becomes a problem now and uh you know the design aspect of tattooing for, for me I, I put it up there as like one of the most important things kind of like i i value that higher personally i value that higher than the than the technical application of yeah. tattooing you know for me if if someone's been tattooing for i don't know five six years they're going to be a good like should be technically a proficient tattooer that that yeah. you know that's just your time served and, and, and caring enough but having a vision for for your work having a vision for someone's body you know being able to not just have that vision but then also being able to create that outside of your own head yeah. this for me that's where the magic lies that's you know the people i'm drawn to are, are, are people that i can you know they have a vision for their work and for a person's body and for how tattooing is is, is growing and evolving um so yeah do you know what that's that, that, I, I really like that and you know i think it in a couple of ways you know um tattooing is in some ways about the experience you have with your customer and the experience customers have with you very much as well and i think um it's something that i remember like every single one of my tattoos i remember all the artists like by heart i remember the conversations we had and um it's it's definitely about the experience and i think the fact that you're cultivating this experience by doing that first session is really awesome dude I, i really really respect that and i think um it's a really nice way to do it. Also, the fact that you're doing freehand is incredible, considering such a large portion of the tattoo industry really does do the whole stencil, computer to stencil kind of thing, um, and the freehand community being a, a, a smaller chunk of what's going on. I think that's awesome as well. I have a question about your freehand. So, like writing on the skin process, you have a lot of let's say let's say aspects of your style that are straight lines. So, how are you? How are you? Um, whether it's writing on skin with you know, removable ink, or then going straight on with with tattoo. How are you making sure that those lines? Because a lot of it's symmetrical as well. So you've got some lines on both sides, and if that goes off a little bit, I mean, we know how that is. With I remember when my mom used to cut my hair, right? So like the, this side is a little bit shorter, so now she cuts this side. Mm-hmm. Now this side's a little bit shorter, and pretty soon it's all fucked. Right? <laughs> end up with this. <laughs> you end up with this. <laughs> so so it's like. Um, yeah, how do you manage that? Because that's a really important part of your work, the symmetry. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Um, 
it's funny. I go through, I go through phases on stuff like that. Like I, every time I feel like every time I do something symmetrical, I'm like, fuck it. This is the last time, <laughs> you know, this is the last time. Um, but you know, sometimes the design calls for it and I do. And again, that is a kind of a, a technical skill, if you like, to be able to draw it symmetrical. Although, and this is, I say this to all my clients, but when, when we're going to approach something, uh, a design of symmetry is it's an illusion. It's only ever an illusion of symmetry because the body is not symmetrical. The body is balanced. You know, you've got an arm one side and an arm the other side, but it is, I'm yet to meet someone that's got a symmetrical body, put it that way. You know, yeah. the the belly button's off center, the nipples are at different heights, the shoulder and the collarbone and the clavicle, you know, it's all slightly off. Yeah. I think you, you'll find that if you, you know, I mean, you do that, you only got to take a picture of yourself and, and mirror it. You look quite different. You know, if you mirror the left side and then mirror the right side and put them together, they're two different people almost. Cheers, babe. Um, because, uh, you know, because there's 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 misalignments on your face. And I think that kind of carries through your whole body. You know, there'll be a side that kind of just drops a little bit lower. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of, it's an illusion of symmetry because if you were to do it symmetrical, like, you know, put it on and have something that was symmetrical, it wouldn't actually look right. It's kind of like in the building trade, if you're going to put a, if you're going to put a socket in a in a house that's built in the 1500s or something, I, I, you know, it's yeah. a grade two listed building, you go there and that and the house is all off like this, and then you put your socket on dead square, it's going to look terrible. It's going to, yeah. you know, you you, you kind of, you know, it, if there's a <laughs> skirting board here that's on this angle, and you put your box like this, it's no, you know, you tilt it, make it fit to the room at least, so then it, I mean, it, it's not level per se, but it, it, at least it runs kind of parallel with what's there, so it's kind of that with with this with the symmetrical designs it's a it's an illusion of symmetry and kind of the same with them um, with straight lines say if you draw a sleeve and you have someone stood side on for the line to look like it cuts down in a straight line on a, on a sleeve on an arm from the side it has to curve yeah. <laughs> it has to be a curving line it, it doesn't run straight if you, yeah. if you put it if you put it dead straight then it curves so what you have to do is you come down, you curve it around the bicep a little bit, and that gives the illusion of a straight line. So there's a, there's a lot of things. Like I said, it all comes down to those little, you know, being able to create the illusions on, on on the skin, and then and then being able to make a successful design with it. That's that's a super nuanced bit of your work that that I'm sure like not many people really understand that you're really doing. You know, um, going with the flow, and also like you said, every person's body is different. So you may like I'm sure you're never doing this, but if you ever did do like the same design on multiple people. I'm sure it would be slightly different and you'd have to move the lines in different ways to fit each person. But um, what I want to ask is obviously, you know, you, you, you've talked about, you know, you, with your designing, you had this day before. When you're applying, so I've, I've got a, a singular black band on my, like blacked out band on my arm and the dude did three passes and, uh, and I was like, no more, stop tearing my arm up. Like, let's, let's end it there kind of thing. Um, <laughs> like are you doing singular pass like how are you packing in that much black on like on one pass what's your like do you have a secret technique that you can't share <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah no there's no secret technique for stuff like that to be honest with you i think again uh, kind of going back to when i said before like you know it, i value the design element over the the technical kind of aspect of pattern yeah. i feel like for people uh, again younger and, and earlier in their career and stuff the technical aspect is a big deal because it's it's quantifiable right yeah. that line is solid that line is straight that black is so, saturated that you know yeah. it's something that you can measure your kind of your i won't say your value but you can measure your yeah. your ability off your it. you can go well 
yeah, you can see, and it's quantifiable. You can go, right, that is what it, you know, that is black, that is straight, that is. Um, whereas when you come into the, you know, when you start looking at the design element things, it's kind of a lot more subjective and, uh, and yeah, and you've got to have an eye for that then. It's, it's different. Um, but, you know, but there is no secret, honestly, to, to those things. There's different ways of approaching it. Uh, everyone has, everyone's going to have a slightly, a slightly idiosyncratic approach to how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for, for putting in solid black for me personally, like I, I don't like going over anything more than once in one yeah. sitting. Uh, you know, it's and generally speaking, my stuff heals good. It's solid. It's it's saturated. Um, yeah, I, I don't like you say like going over three times. I don't know. Like that, to, to me, if I did that, I'd chew the skin up. It would, you know, yeah. it'd be a. Exactly. It, it would, but again, I, I, it, different people have different approaches. Like there, you know, if you were more into shade in it, I, I mean, I don't know that. Mm. I'm sure there's people that can do it that way, and 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 that's their approach. But yeah, for me, it's kind of I'll, I want to get it in in the first in the first pass. If I need to go back into some small areas, fine, I'll I'll address that towards the end when I spray down and and clean it and have a look. Mm. But like I say, normally I hit it once and I move on, and I kind of have a very methodical rhythm with that. So. That, that's super interesting and obviously uh, you know you're talking about different bodies you know even just going to different skin tones obviously your style of work is super dark do you find that doing it on people with darker skin complexions is harder or well, what's your like solution for, or do you just go in the same kind of thing and give them the same kind of result and uh, and and it comes out the same most times yeah um yeah for, for me my you know, my style of tattooing is binary. It's, yeah. You know, it, it, it's Probably positive it. or it's negative. You know, it, yeah, it's 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 ink or it's skin. Um, mm. uh, so, in terms of like different skin tones, it it, it makes no difference. It may, you know it makes no difference to me or, or the designs. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not some like I know that that became a you know earlier this year there was a there was a kind of a movement to to make people you know make people in tattooing or tattooers more sensitive to the fact that you know you can you can there's more scope for on darker skin tones than what maybe people believe that there is or or say that there is um but again it's not really something that i can chime in on or anything because my my type of work and and the way i approach it it makes no odds you know i just do the i do the design as, as it is pretty pretty uh synonymous across all boards then. yeah so so i guess two things came to mind while you were um just describing that well, but maybe the first one is back to the symmetry thing so this is yeah. interesting like you probably because you have you have the artist eye right so when you're looking at a piece that you've done you know where you are happy and where you're unhappy right for us when we look at your pieces on instagram it all looks fucking symmetrical dude like you know like all, like it so it looks great as well. yeah 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 exactly like the, the bits that are meant to look symmetrical look to me a hundred percent symmetrical like mm-hmm. there's no like oh that's a little bit off so but i'm sure that like the jeweler's eye of the creator is just like mm, uh you know there's there's that a little bit of that so um i don't know that's some feedback that you've probably had a hundred times but um it looks it looks incredible the, so this, the, the the question i had though was when you're applying, when you're packing in black, is there a difference on a cover-up than on on whatever you want to call it, virgin skin or un, un, unpainted skin at that point? Uh, yeah, I would say, so anytime you, so the, the application of tattoo means that you, you know, you have to break the skin. Um, 
And so there's a level of trauma to the skin. Depending on how, how bad that trauma is will depend on what it does to the skin left behind. So, uh, so like, so generally, you know, like uh, most people when they tattoo, they or when they get tattooed, they're going to heal up fine. It, you know, yeah. it's, if it's done by a competent tattooer, it's going to heal up. It's going to be fine. And there's going to kind of be not much difference. If you get someone that has a, a really tough heel and you have heavy, heavy scabbing and, and then which can lead to scarring, that can make it a little more difficult when you do a cover up, um, mm -hmm. you know, because then you're having to go over, uh, over kind of traumatized skin mm -hmm. um, that's been, you know, that's been scarred again. Sometimes it makes no difference at all. It heals perfect. And other times you might just find it, it, it takes a little bit more work to get there because, you know, because it's, it's uh, it's got some like irregularities with okay. the skin um but generally speaking it doesn't make a huge amount of difference i would say the black maybe is never quite as black if you go over if you do a cover-up mm -hmm. um I, I don't know why that is exactly uh, but it just or that could just be me being being finicky with the eye and you know and just thinking yeah. that almost um yeah and from a from a, a design point of view um it's strange because i do like i do a lot of blastovers and they're a little more tricky because you've got to you've got to factor in what's going to get left behind in terms of design and whether that'll work whether there'll be enough contrast with with the new design and what's yeah. beneath it um what's a blast also, over uh, so 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 if someone has a, a full sleeve say then maybe they've got a full color sleeve and they don't want any more and they want to get a new design over the top but they don't just want to black out their arm. They want to do a design. Uh, then, yeah, then, then I'll gotcha. do a new design over the top with the, the, the old tattoo still showing through. Gotcha. Um, and then also a cover-up presents its own set of challenges. Like if someone's got something on the top of their arm and it's a big cover-up, you want to make sure you balance the top with the bottom. So it's no good doing a really big block of black here and all super fiddly on the forearm because it's going to look like a cover-up from a mile away. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to kind of, for me, a successful cover-up has a, has balance through the design. So when it's completed, you just don't know it was ever a cover-up. Um, so that there are some like design kind of uh, challenges in that in that respect. Um, but again, you know, I, I I would attribute a lot of them kind of a lot of the cover-up work I've done, a lot of the blast over work I've done. I would I would attribute the, those pieces to being very like kind of fundamental in the evolution of my uh, yeah. Of, of my you know my kind of overall aesthetic of, of the tattoos i create uh, yeah. They, they, yeah that's super interesting and i i think um you know when you're when you're talking about like blasting over and whatnot i, I was going to say like what port what proportion of people coming into you are looking to get something covered um and, and how many how many people are coming to you for like their first time like fresh skin kind of thing yeah i you know what it's a strange one i don't really i don't feel like i i know that because i because I do get a lot of people with a cover up or with a blast over to do, but mm. I kind of don't, I almost just don't see it. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a job to do. So it's not like it's an, it's not an irregularity for me to have that yeah. happen where it's like, Oh, well it only happens a couple of times a year. So I could, you know, it, it could be an even 50, 50 split. It could, I, I don't know. Yeah. I could get more, more cover ups than I do, you know, kind of fresh skin. Um, but like I say, it just doesn't really, it's it, for me, it's just, it, it's just a different take on the same thing. Like I, it doesn't, it doesn't hugely affect 
it doesn't affect my decision whether to take take that kind of person on as a client or not yeah um, yeah yeah a lot more so like I, I don't know if i've you know i don't think i've ever not i don't think i've ever like opted to not tattoo someone because they've said listen i want i i, I just want this blacking out so like i'm happy to kind of do that stuff yeah. more important to me is someone's someone's kind of approach uh, how they how they approach me about getting work how you know what their initial emails like how you know how the, the feel i get for them um yeah, yeah you know I, I try and i try and be really i try and be really kind of intentional and honest about the way i portray myself online mm. uh, whether it's doing something like this whether it's the the stuff i put on social media or whatever i try and be i try and be deliberately intentional with it and and that intention is to be very honest and and open about who I am and kind of what you can expect if you get tattooed from me because so I, 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 I tattoo I deal with one person a day and that's mm. so I can give my full undivided attention to that person um, and a lot of the work I do is big work so it means I'm going to be with spending time with that person just me and them and there's going to be a lot of those days that you know that combine together to make their finished tattoo I want to make sure I enjoy the people I'm spending my days with um, you know, yeah. with a with a job where you're that close with someone and you're that hands on with them, uh, it the client that it, it, it's make or break with the client. You know how good your day is is make or break with the client. Uh, so I really try and make sure that the people I'm connecting with uh, and the people I'm choosing to spend my time with, uh, I uh, yeah I have a good connection with. It's really important. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that. I got a I got a hypothesis. All right. <laughs> yeah. Go on. All right. So. Um, Again, as sort of a, an, an outsider or a casual um, that has had a couple tattoos, but certainly is not in the, in the, you know, the subculture of tattooing, of tattooing is, is certainly as deeply as you are, or maybe even as other real enthusiasts. I view your style as if I'm getting a tattoo, it's an extra commitment for me. There's, there's an element of the amount of ink that that i'm thinking about getting is an extra commitment than like the usual you know whatever the first little tattoo which is a butterfly on your foot type thing <laughs> um so here's my, my hypothesis is that people that come to you have had some sort of tattoo work before because they know that they've already taken that first step of oh you know what i've had my first little tattoo now i'm going to go deeper into the water or actually i've gone deeper into the water now i'm going out into the blue sea like I'm gonna go see Hannah Mantra. This is like this is the big thing. So yeah. So my hypothesis is you're you get more of the experienced um, clients that now want to take it into the next level. How how true or false is that? Uh, I would say yeah. That's that's definitely on the true. You know, leans more towards being true than not true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, I that is. I mean, I do get people. I mean, I had a guy who's who's had a body shoot on me. Um, when he came, I think he had, did he have a tattoo? I think he had, he might have had one tattoo. It was like this big. It was so small. <laughs> he had it like 25 years ago or something. Um, you know, and yeah, and, and that's, oh, wait, oh yeah. And yeah, I've got some people that have got, you know, that have body suits on the go or mm. I've done and they, they've come to me with, with next to nothing. Wow. Um, that's yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's probably more common than you'd think. Um, however, I would say for most people, they are, they're, you know, they are into tattoo, they're committed 
already is in. When I say committed, they've they've maybe already got both sleeves and chest piece done, and now they want a full leg sleeve, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, or or something like that. They they're already committed. But I do have people getting very large scale work who come with with no tattoos or next to nothing. Um, yeah, and and again, I think that's in part because of 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 what the tattoo of what the tattoo that I'm create or going to create for them or go on to create for them is uh, what it represents. You know, it's it's more than just a, a kind of uh, a whimsical kind of, I feel like this, or this looks cool. It's, uh, you know, there is, there's kind of a, a, a deeper pull towards getting that. Um, so, yeah. You know what it speaks to as well as sort of like the progression of pop culture and their acceptance of tattoos. Dude, your tattoos, like 10 years ago, if someone had a full sleeve of yours or someone was on the beach with a back piece of yours, it would have blew, it was just would have like blown people's minds. Like, right. Yeah. They literally would have been like, that is so basically, well, well, in the Western world, yeah, it yeah. would be, would be a, a better way to put it specifically in the Western world. Like there's a lot more of that in Asian and uh, Asian culture as well as also like the Southern hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Southern hemisphere. But, yeah. But like that has all caught up now. Like you were in there, doing some stuff that was at that time probably considered and you've you, you've talked about this a little bit of how you know it was you you committed to a style that was ahead of its time for as, as far as like pop uh, consumption right um certainly there was a niche that loved it at that time but now pop consumption has catching up to that and it is very much more accepted but you've gone through that journey there's we've talked to skateboarders as well that have been you know, early days skateboarding and they were doing stuff that people were like, that's just fucking weird. Like, where does, yeah. what does, what do we do with that? And now it's just part of like the whole repertoire of skateboarding. They're, yeah. they're accepted in the whole thing. So but that's the same, like surfing or you look at like MMA, yeah. uh, you look at these things that like, they were kind of, um, they were subcultures or they were kind of fringe things or underground scenes, uh, you know, tattooing the, and even tattooing generally was, you know, it was more underground Mm. kind of on the fringe sub you know it it was and and i think for i mean i'm not even sure exactly why but like if you look at anything like that it's kind of the doors have been blown off on all of those things you know surfing is surfing's a huge thing now it's a huge industry it's you know same with skateboarding same with mma same with tattooing you know it keep going with it um and yeah yeah, and, and it's interesting because i guess with all of those things it's kind of a dual it's kind of a dual edge, right? Like I'm not complaining at how uh, how kind of busy my workload is. I, like you know, it's great, <laughs> yeah. and it, I'm not I'm not complaining that, it, that the work I'm doing is popular because it's how I provide for my family. So, um, but then you know, it's not what it once was. Maybe the the, the magic isn't quite as as potent, or you you know you've got to know where to look for it now. Um, wow. You know, same as like you know, you can look at like a surf spot and I, mean, I haven't surfed for a long time now, but you know, there was, you'd have little areas that were kind of, you know, maybe only the locals knew about it and a couple of people and it was small and it was, it was like almost undisclosed. And, uh, and now it's, there's apps to get there. There's maps to get there, you know, there's, and people flock there and it's a big thing and, and it's, I get, it's good because more people are enjoying it, but it kind of does, you know, if you like the more off the beaten track, if you like the more left mm-hmm. of center, if you like things, maybe because you feel like, you know, this, you know, you, you've got a little something here. It's, uh, 
you know, th- th- maybe the, the shine isn't quite as bright. Um, yeah. I mean, I, like I say, I don't know. I remember again in like kind of martial arts. Um, that's another one. I mean, it, it's fantastic, right? Like there's an event every weekend now. I mean, I remember when there was like three or four events a year, you know, UFC events a year. Or yeah. Like, maybe five and then maybe there was like five pride events or you know there's something like that it certainly wasn't and now you i mean literally every weekend there, there's something on i mean I, there might even be a, a ufc nigh on every weekend now you know more than i can keep up with put it that way yeah. um you there know there's there i mean there's a time I, I to a certain point i think i've, I've got like everyone to you know every, every kind of event um that, you know that there was uh on on file yeah and then it just and then nothing pretty much because it just got too much it's like oh this is i I can't even i can't even pretend to keep up with this anymore um yeah yeah so from a consumer point of view it's great do you know what it's it's interesting you mentioned that because you know as uh, i I skateboard myself and i i find for me as a young lad when i was discovering skateboarding and finding the like you said the subculture and the and the family that was the culture of skateboarding for me, you know, I, I, I didn't fit in at school. I, I, we lived in Spain at the time and I was an English kid, so I did not fit in. Um, I was also a bit geeky and nerdy and hopping on a skateboard at the skate park gave me friends. It gave me a family. It gave me people who supported me. And I think something, you know, you've said some of that shine goes. And I think some of us people who get into what was maybe considered fringier stuff back in the day, things like skating, tattooing, um, you know, martial arts and all that kind of stuff, um, did it because we found solace in knowing that we were outsiders and that we had a place that was just for us. And now, like you said, the fact that it has blown up, that Nike is, you know, pumping skate shoes out, UFC's pumping events out and, you know, tattoo artists, there's one round every bloody corner who can do, you know, a a compass rose for you, you know, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's, becoming this thing where the like you said the magic or at least for the people that are partaking in it you lose some of the uh the almost almost the joy and almost the like risk and it feels like it's you're like doing... discovering a new band as well like being yeah. like an early adopter to anything yeah. you feel like you have a, a strong identity for it but then like afterwards you're almost bitter yeah <laughs> you're like <laughs> who are these fuckers that are coming into our space and you're almost like you know ironically certainly with music as well, you're almost bitter that because of the success of it and the way that it has now been accepted by pop culture, you're like, you're a little bit angry at like, you know, how, yeah. how they're not yours anymore, how that style isn't yours or that sport isn't yours or that, that type of thing. So, you know, uh, what? Go, go for it, go for it. I, I was just gonna say, there, there, you touched on something there though, and that's, um, you know, for me, I, I, I'm very careful not to get hung up on that because, because, like I said, I don't want to end up being that bit of old tattooer mm. who can't, you can't be happy for other people and other people's success. Um, and I think that you touched on something right there. It's that ownership. You don't own it. I don't own tattoo, and I don't, yeah. uh, you know, I don't own the style of work I'm, I work with it. I don't own, you know. And I think that's where the, where you, where people can end up feeling disgruntled. Is they feel like they, they own it, and something's owed to them now because of mm. X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't do it that way, right? It's and it's, it's a really it's, healthy. It's, it's, a really I was gonna say that's a good ego check, man. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a big because e- there's definitely like I I know of some famous tattoo artists, especially in America, that like consider themselves you know the king or queen of color, and the you know this person's the black and white 
you know, black and gray artist who's doing or the celebrity tattoo. Exactly. Yeah. And there's there's a bunch of those, aren't there? So no, yeah, I I I think ego checking is in that way is is real important as well. I was going to ask, you know, obviously you did come into a subculture when it was a thing. Um, what led you to your first tattoo? I know you were living in Australia. Like, what 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 got you to that first tattoo? What led you there? So, I mean, I knew I wanted to get like it wasn't a again it wasn't kind of a spur of the moment thing. I knew I wanted to get tattooed. I mean, my old man's got tattoos. Um, I think he got tattooed when he was like fifteen up in real, <laughs> you know, so that you can you can imagine what they look like. Um, are they like the blue ones that are faded and like washed out? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, and when I was in Australia, I um, I, I knew I wanted to you know i knew that that was something i wanted to do and you know like a lot of people it was my first tattoo i wanted it to represent something and for me it was about kind of spreading my wings and 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 becoming my own person you know i i was 18 i i left the safety of home i left the safety of my own shores um you know it, it was a big kind of moment it was a big transitional time for me and i wanted to kind of remember that and commemorate that so i knew i was going to get tattooed um i just wasn't sure what with and uh, while I was down kind of in the, in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, it was the first time I really I'd seen or had access to, to people where there was a, a real cultural identity behind their tattoos. You know, I knew some of the guys that, that lived in, in Sydney uh, and they were from, you know, some of the South Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and seeing their tattoos and, and, and how they looked on them, you know, I just, I did, I really, you know, I thought, they look fantastic and uh and, and you know like a lot of 18 year olds like that looks fucking cool like that's what you because he, he, right you're not getting tattooed because you want to look worse you're not getting tattooed because you think they look shit you know you're getting them because you go that looks you know that's fucking awesome like yeah. so you know it was, it was that kind of thing and then i i remember being at the um i knew i wanted to get something done but again i i guess in in my mind it was like i kept like oh i want to get this done i want to get this done but i hadn't like i hadn't cinched it i hadn't gone I'm fucking getting this done, you know. I, it was, it was still, you know, I, was, I still haven't got it done yet. And I remember being at the, uh, I was at the blues festival, blues and roots festival. I think it was called in Byron Bay, and um, and I remember Ben Harper was there, and so he had his, he, I think he he had his sleeve done at the time, or and he'd had it done by a guy who who I mention a lot is Gordon Hatfield down in New Zealand, and uh, mm. he and I saw it on him, and I was like, God, oh, that I, I got to get this fucking sorted. And so, like, it was just after that that festival, I sat down, I started like sketching things that I wanted to do, that I, you know, that I thought would uh, would be a good memento for my uh, for my first trip away. And uh, yeah, and sure enough, uh, you know, a couple of months later, I ended up committing committing it to skin and getting it tattooed. Um, Amazing. So yeah, that that was a uh, that was kind of what what pulled me in. Like like I say, that was the that was the uh, the first step into it. So I know that you, I know that you partook in um, some martial arts when you were younger and whatnot. But did you always have an affinity towards art and like drawing and sketching and things, or was that something that you've just been good at that you kept in your back pocket for many years? No, I did. I wasn't. I wasn't good at art or anything. Um, it wasn't. I mean, it's so it, it's strange because people ask me now, like. It, Oh, you tattoo? Oh, you, you know, 
have you always been good at drawing? Or can you? It's like, I don't know what you think drawing is because if you ask me to draw you a dog or something, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> you're better off asking my nine year old daughter to do it because she'd do a better job for sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, that's the thing with like uh, creativity. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it takes a lot of different, it takes a lot of different shapes and forms. And, and, yeah. and so if you were to, I feel like, it, if you were to take my skill set now, if you if you kind of ignore tattooing, you know the works I do in skin, and you ignore what if you were to put me in an academic uh, kind of situation now, like at school for GCSEs, for example, you said right, you got to do an art GCSE, and you got to draw a horse, and then you got to mold a clay pot, or you got to do whatever they get you doing. I'd probably still fail now. Yeah, you know it. it, it oh, I don't know. I don't know what the, how they. But you know, it's like yeah. for example, like is is someone that does media, you know, like media stuff or film like that wasn't you know th those guys weren't doing that in art when i was at school at gcse you know yeah. they, they found their own way through it and now they have their own vision they have their you know they have their own creative outlet but if mm. you were to judge them on what they got at their gcse's nothing yeah. in art you, are you with me it's yeah um, yeah yeah totally it's a strange totally. one it, it, it's a strange one because there's just so many ways and, and i think it's great there's so many ways to be creative and to find your artistic outlet now um like yeah it's, it's weird so the, like talking about that like this whole podcast idea kind of comes from a similar thing of years of me and tom coming up with ideas of things that we wanted to do together as father and son whether we we did a bunch of like comedy skits at one point we were doing you know this and that and trying to find within um the internet and and creation in terms of us being creative um what it was and we kind of found podcasting and and this kind of stuff and it's it's very much that in that you don't have to go people go you know do you guys know like filming or like do you do interviews or have you like done and we're like no like i i we got a camera and worked everything out and we just started talking to people like shit that's that's literally all it was and it started getting like figuring it out you know yeah. like and knowing that we were well well you know still figuring it out but we're definitely progressing like we were absolutely shit at first yeah <laughs> and uh, we're less shit now <laughs> and that's um, how it goes everything right yeah 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 and so you you said you know you you got your first tattoo did you then like what then led to you tattooing and did you did your apprenticeship did you do any like sort of apprenticeship under joe specifically or was or was that like um a later stage in your in your process of tattooing i mean she, she just helped me out with so much really and like i say the the, the, the bits she really helped me out with are the bits that kind of they're almost the intangibles you know like yeah. like yeah you, you show me how you know you can so you, you can show someone how to set up a machine how to bend the needle bar how to fit it onto this how, you know and then they've just got to do it for themselves you kind of just got to learn it i mean you can get shown all those things um yeah. but in a lot of ways i mean i don't know but you can probably google it and bring it up on youtube now and you're going to see how to do that and that's only the same kind of as having someone over your shoulder saying do this do that yeah um you know but what you know what joe really helped me realize and and bring to the forefront of, of my consciousness with a with, with approaching tattoo was was the bits that you can't really i guess you can't really teach you got to just see them for yourself and then you absorb them and, and move yeah. forward with that uh you mm -hmm. know it's it, it's really difficult to how do you explain how do you explain seeing someone value their clients and having longevity and relationships with their clients that go on for years at a time how do you explain that because it's just words right 
it just yeah. words. So it, it all sounds very nice. Like, oh yeah, you know, value your clients and da da da. How? What, what do you mean? You know, you, it's very difficult to explain. You just see it, you absorb it, you you know, you take that in, and and like I say, that it's those kind of aspects of it where where Joe is, I would say, is inherently very good at that. Uh, you know, she's a very kind, caring person who, mm-hmm. yeah, who, who who aims to do the best with stuff. So, you know, she definitely, yeah, she showed me things that that again are probably you know are more important than how you bend the needle bar and, and put them on. Yeah, uh, put it onto a machine. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the industry of tattooing is not just the moment that you put the tattoo on the ink. It's like you said, it's your customer relations. It's you know your your relationship afterwards, so that you get repeat customers or people that invite other people in. It's you know everything, uh, the whole process in terms of and the the whole design part is a massive part of that and and weighs really heavy. So no, yeah, I think I think that's cool that the that you were and. and getting that kind of, um, I guess, experience firsthand is really important because I know a couple of young tattoo artists that um, are getting some of that experience, but are like really starting to realize the work, like you said, that you have to put in with the customers, the work outside of just drawing mm-hmm. and then drawing it on the skin. And, uh, and it's a big, it's a big hill to climb for some of them they're finding for sure. So um, it's nice that you add someone there to not only show you but like uh to possibly guide you in some ways as well yeah i also like here's another theory ready for another theory (laughs) (laughs) bring it bring it dude all right dude here goes i'm gonna actually reference mma as well um so we're gonna go both (laughs) both. but if you look at um greatness right and you've talked about in the past you get obsessed with things or let's say you get singular let's use a more kind description you get singularly focused at things right yeah I'm the same way, dude. I've, I've had moments in time in my life, which you can attest to, that I am, yeah. you know, I will use the word obsessed and there has been collateral damage for that, but I have progressed in that obsession quite quickly and, and you know, and gone down the road quite a bit. There's different ways to be obsessed, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to position your way as more vertical. Um, and there's other ways more horizontal. So here's the MMA description. If you look at greatness in MMA, I would say Khabib, is more of a vertical obsession of just a certain amount of things that he does really well. So taking down, sort of controlling along the fence, and then going through a progression of ways to, you know, sort of to, to immobilize his opponent until his opponent just wants to give up, right? And he's, mm-hmm. it's not just one thing. And over the years, that has, that has got some nuance, and it's just gotten, it's so far down the road now that people look at it and they're like, I don't even know what the fuck he's doing anymore. Like he's moving his arms and his legs differently. And it's, it's all, you know, beyond what we know. The other example is like someone like um, Demetrius Johnson. Mm-hmm. Demetrius Johnson is like, you know, he's more horizontal, right? Yep. So he's good at, he's good at ground and pound. He's good at his stand up. He's good at takedowns. He's good at, you know, all of that stuff. He's fucking great as well. So my, my, um, my thought is that you're more of a vertical obsessed 100%. Right. But in that, dude, there are styles within style. Right. So you're Habib now 15 years down the road that you look at your effectiveness and your style. It has so many more nuances in there that some people can't even understand what you're doing. Um, so that's uh, that's just a, you know, me, dude. A theory. <laughs> that's my, that's yeah. my theory. No, I, th- I feel like. Um... If you can, and I feel like you can only apply that to the design and, and, and the, I mean, if we, 
from a technical point of view, like I say, you don't, it doesn't take that long to be very good in, t- in terms of tattooing now. Um, but then it's the it's the things, you know, when you start talking like, you know, that far down the line and that much experience and when you've just been, you know, very singular in your focus and, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to, to, to use your term, like vertical, um, you, uh, it's the things like, for example, like your bedside manner, you know, get helping people get through their sessions, valuing your client base, taking care of your clients, you know, making sure that you're, you know, for me, like, you know, never rushing, never, you know, I'm giving myself that time, that breathing space to produce the best I'm capable of, because if someone comes to me, that's what they want. And again, that took, that was a kind of leap of faith in me. Like what, what's going to happen when I tell people you've got to start work you've got to book two days. Like, I'm sorry, but you know, for a piece this big, like I can't, I can't do my best in a day. I can't draw it and line it in a day and give you my best. And so what do you want from me? Because you can have my quickest or you can have my best, but they are mutually exclusive, those two things. So, you know, and and, and I've opted to go down the path of, I want to produce the best work I'm capable of, not the fastest work I'm capable of. And, you know, so it's things like that. And and in particular, where, where I feel like you can really, where where that kind of experience and that like like say vertical progression or like that single uh, kind of single singularity on stuff is is within the design aspect like the the vision that you have and the way like the way i see things again if we say there's no there's no rule book for for contemporary abstract black work there is no you know there's no rule book um but there are fundamental design rules not just for you look at like the design of like life if you look at the way you know things evolve and grow you look at the patterns on a leaf you look at you know look at the look at the sprawl of a cityscape look look at where life if you look at anything that is that is living that you will start seeing patterns that they're just universal you is it so are you talking like uh, the rules kind of as in like similar to with Japanese style, like tattooing, there's specific rules that you do, but it can be your the topic can be very broad, but within that kind of like, there's a core rule that lies underneath it. Same with like American traditional um, and things like that as well. Yeah. What I would say with like, say Japanese, there's very, there's very objective rules. If yeah, you want to yeah. be, if you're going to go traditional with it, there's, there's very objective rules. And so, so you could learn the rules and not tattoo, but you could look at a tattoo and say that's incorrect yeah. or that's good, you know. Um, yeah. But like I say, with, with abstract black work, there isn't that. Yeah. There, is, there really isn't that. There isn't like a, a set rule book. It, yeah, yeah. You know, you can do whatever you want. And if your client's happy, then then it's a job well done, right? Yeah. But again, there's things that are going to please the eye. That mm-hmm. are, there's, you know, and it just comes down to it just comes down to education and, 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 and learning your craft and then that time served and, and that experience that gives you more vision. So understanding what your ratios are, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, you know, you might have someone that's got a sleeve and they don't really know what they're doing. So there's big bits of skin here, smaller bits here, this is, you know, the, 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 the ratios of, of skin to black are all off all throughout the sleeve, mm-hmm. uh, the repeating shapes throughout the sleeve. They, none of them really repeat. They, you know, where they're putting uh, flourishes don't balance out with other parts. So, yeah. so, so me, I look at something like that and like, it, it just looks, it looks like a fucking mess because, it, it, because I, and if they like, I can look at something, I, if someone knows what they're doing and they have their, their code, let's say, or their, their, 
their method like what you say with with Khabib he can work through things then this bit then this bit then this bit I feel like I can look at that so even if I don't know what someone's code is I can look at it and go oh they know what they're doing I don't yeah. know exactly know what they're doing but they do because I can see that this balance is here and here uh, this is this you know this is the same here and here they've used this same repeating pattern throughout like oh okay yeah i mean it's not how i'd approach it in it and i don't quite understand how they're doing it but i i see that they know what they're doing uh, and that's what i do in my work i feel like there's a cohesion through a whole piece yeah. or through a whole body and, and it makes sense and it'll be balanced and there'll be correct ratios and so like I said, you could look at the sprawl of the universe and they'll you'll find patterns that are like re reoccurring patterns yeah um you know, and it's it's interesting. I'm just reading a book at the minute called Sand Talk, and it's a it's by an Aboriginal, an Australian Aboriginal guy, and he talks a lot. It's it's about it's like how Aboriginal thinking can save the world. Uh, I think it is, or how Indigenous thinking can save the world. Sorry, mm. and one of the things they talk about there is the patterns that are constantly in. You know, we're constantly just it's all cyclical, right? So, like mm. the idea that time's linear, that they don't have that kind of notion. It's that it's it's cyclical. It comes back around, mm. and um, you know. So there are patterns that naturally emerge. Like I say, you can look at the look at a sh like a snail shell, or look at a yeah, leaf or look at, you know the Fibonacci, right? Like the golden rule stuff. It's exactly you. You've got those kind of universal things, and they appeal to our eyes. Like if you do your your camera on your phone, you can have the grid, and it puts it into sections of three. You know the rule of three. Yeah. So 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 for me, I like to apply these sorts of things to the construction of what I'm doing because then it makes sense, and then there's a there's a there's a there's an order to the chaos, if you like. Um, and that's something that you get, uh, like you get more finely tuned with experience kind of yeah. as time goes on, uh, you know, and you can really start seeing that, you know, one of the analogies I like to use going back to looking at other people's work is I can be sat on a table opposite a friend and we can sit there speaking English and understand each other fine. We mm -hmm. could be sat next, uh, you know, on the table next to us could be uh, a Japanese couple, um, I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a clue what they're saying. I could listen in and I wouldn't have a clue, but I know they know what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. even though I don't understand what they're saying, I understand enough to know they understand it. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel with like with tattooing and other, you know, and mm. a lot of the work I see, I look at it and I, I think I'm not really sure you know what you're, I don't really know. I don't think you know what you're saying there. You know, it's like, like seeing a toddler just like, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, it doesn't really <laughs> make sense. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that that thought, you know, that thinking behind it. I don't know what your thought process is with it, as opposed to someone else that maybe I don't really understand what it is, but I, I understand you know what you're doing. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, totally. Hundred percent, and it's it's an testament as well to you know you've you've reiterated many times in this in this podcast about how you know you want to cultivate this experience that's very personal, and you're going to work with your client or not. And, you know, the fact that you're mentioning, um, you know, all these uh, patterns and whatnot that are in real life that you want to try and incorporate in the way that you like design your stuff and whatnot, I think is, again, just more a testament of how like spiritual and like personal this kind of is for you and your clients when you guys work together. Um, I think it's, it's really cool. I, I think it's very, very awesome. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's like another layer beyond that, which is like, if we talk about Fibonacci and the golden, the golden mean, there's a reason why we really appreciate the lines of uh, like a Lamborghini versus like a Ford Focus, right? It's not like, dude, they're just lines. They're just shapes, right? If we went to straight geometry, 
There's nothing in there that's mysterious in a fucking Lamborghini. It's just put, it's just right, it's just put in, it's just they're yeah. put together in a way that is much more appealing to this this species mm. is mind. It's 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 eye and it's mind and it's appreciation for I guess for flow of shape. So there is something of that that's like universal. So when when we typically when we see something collectively we say i like that more than that and more people will gravitate to that thing than that thing it's just much more appealing so mm. there is there's definitely an element of that that's really you know that's interesting that you're tapping into for sure yeah and you know i think i think it's amazing that you know like you said that you're you're looking at it from all these different angles and and again i like the idea that you you use some like core things and again like you said you know when you're looking at a uh, similar kind of style to yours, you know, when a person really is, um, I guess, on top of their design. Because again, I, I, I guess what you were saying there is, you know, some people, when they design something, they're like, ah, I'll just chuck some things together and we'll see what kind of happens. And it's like, sometimes that pays off. Like sometimes you roll the dice and, and it works out, but other times that ends up being a jumble of things. And, you know, there's no method to their madness. There's, yeah, there's no, exactly. And there's no, um, I guess, um, I want to say like a connection between the, the design and, and what ends up coming out the other end. Do you know what I mean? Should we look at, should we look at some of your stuff, dude? And then you can talk us through yeah. some stuff that, um, thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting homie and the dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram. Just search at homie and the dude. It all really helps. There you go. Let's see. Cool. Hopefully you should be able to see that. Let me move this over a little bit. Put that there. And then, um, where's the, ah, here, there we go. Bang it. Cool. Um, <laughs> can you see that? Cool. I see can't that. see that yet. Okay, Amazing. we're just gonna kind of go through a couple let's, of these. Let's go through this one first. Amazing, talk us through this one, man. Okay, yeah, so, this, I mean, this is an interesting guy this is on a guy called Phil and we started, I think we started his back, I want to say maybe four or five years ago. Um, and, you know, this is a prime example of a, of a client that I'm working with, for, you know, for a long time. Um, you know, we've got a personal relationship. Uh, he actually, he comes, he works as a, he kind of works as a mental health nurse and you know, wow. fulfill a, a tattoo isn't, you know, it, it's like a tattoo and a tattoo is an investment. And it, you know, it does, it requires not only just commitment and discipline, but it does require money. And, you know, and, and for, for some people, it's not always, you know, the, the finances aren't always ready available, readily available. So fulfill, I know he comes every year around November time and we tattoo him on and around his birthday. And it's kind of a, a gift to himself. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if you can. Can you scroll down just the comments for a second? Yeah. Uh, just wanna, uh, I'm sure. There's a bunch in here. Oh, is that okay? He replied to someone on. Uh, um, I'm sure sentiment in kind of okay. Um, yeah, and so like I say, so we've worked together for the past. Uh, no, like four or five years uh, building this back uh, this this back piece with and we're going to be taking it down to the legs wow that's kind of the, ne the next the next step in the journey um it's again it's it's designed i mean when you talk about you know this sort of stuff being 
uh, fringe 10 years ago or so or, or, or more. You know, Phil's been getting this type of work, as you can see from his arms, which was done by Curly, actually. Um, he's been getting this sort of work for a long time. You know, he's 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 kind of he's that guy you know he he's into it yeah. he's about he's about this sort of this movement and he came to me with a very traditional kind of a, a yap inspired back piece which honestly i've not really changed all all that much about it i've used very a very traditional kind of template for the back i've added uh, you know I, i've i've kind of embellished it around the top in in a way that's more idiosyncratic with my with my work and then just made it, you know, that's a case of just making it fit to his body the best yeah. I could, you know, finding the right lines, again, finding the right ratio of black to skin and having that working throughout, you know, over over his entire back and down onto his glutes. Uh, like I say, with the intention, you know, it, it was designed knowing that, okay, it could be a finished piece now and it's going to, it fits good. But ultimately, knowing that we're going to go down to the legs, so we've left some some areas where we can tie the design in, yeah, uh, yeah, and have it work, you know, kind of have it work even better as what will eventually be for him a full body suit. Do you? Sorry, do you, do you have? So you said it's been a four or five year project. Let's yeah, say man. in year in year one, how much of what you have right now was? I'm sure I'm sure it's evolved in an organic way and stuff has has you know created itself through the years and maybe even from now forward how much do you guys have as far as a a concrete idea of how this thing is going to look at the end no we don't like as in I mean you I have know, a style probably right but not not the specific I, yeah exactly yeah exactly the specific and that's something that again uh, would get worked out on the day together we you know we'd work that out um yeah. because you know because honestly like uh, when i come like i will view that with different when i start his one of his legs you know a, a year from now or so i'll have a different you know i'll have a different pair of eyes in my head than what they are today nice yeah. you know yeah. that just that changes day to day uh, minute to minute you know minute by minute um but I do trust my process on these things. So I know that I will look at it. I will, I will take in the rest of his tattoos, the space that we're working with, and I'll come up with a design that fits with everything. You know, I don't, I never want stuff to look ill-fitting or, you know, not sensitive to what's already there. Yeah. So once that time comes, I, you know, it's that thing. I'll, I trust my process. I trust my kind of vision for these things and I'll just build it off of what's already there. Um, because I've already left the correct tie-ins. Is this uh, is this is this one of those where you said I'm never going to do another fucking symmetrical piece again <laughs> in my life? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think this one was. I don't think this one was too bad. I was kind That's of pretty symmetrical, though, dude. That is about as symmetrical as it gets. Quickly, quickly yeah, before we quickly before we move on to another one, dude. I wanted to ask um, for this kind of piece. Obviously, something I know about tattooing is, uh, especially for dudes. Um, we got to shave because obviously tattooing with hairs is, is not is not a is a, a no go. So, how, do you ask him to shave or do you <laughs> shave him on the day? What's like? What's yeah, the shaving are you, process? Are you asking if I shaved his bum? I, I'm asking <laughs> how much how much how many hours you spent starting at the top of his back and then getting to the bottom. Yeah. Um, if people are super, I might ask him to buzz it or whatever. But mm. uh, I, no, I just. 
Yeah, nice. I can I, I can whip through pretty quick with a show. Part of the service. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, let's pull up this one. Let's go with this one. Wow, I fucking love that. Yeah, I like that as well. So that's, you know what you were saying? It was, you know, there's an ancient style that has maybe some tribal elements, but there's also some future in this, man. Like some of these lines are very, very much both. I mean, that's what I see, certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like this one, this one worked out really well. Um, I did this at the Dublin convention in, uh, I want to say 2017, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, it's just a video, is, it, is that how it works? Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, uh, and again, I, I feel like it, it worked out really well. It's got, you know, you can see there's kind of like you know, a, a Borneo-esque flow on the front of the shoulder there. Mm. um with a you know with a nice kind of balance between lines uh lines black ink and uh and skin yeah um, how, again, how soon after how soon after the session was this video taken because those those, those uh, colors are uh, nice and deep and rich yeah no so this was um i feel like it was a three-day convention so this was done over the course of three days three consecutive days mm. um um, which honestly is, you know, that's kind of towards the maximum of what you'd want to do or, or what I would want to do. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so that, that's at the end of day three. Uh, Amazing. What, what you're looking at there. Do you know what? It, swelling and it looks, you know, a couple of things that Tom kind of said in it and that you said, but a couple of things I'm looking at, it, I'm like, it looks kind of draconic. It looks like there's some like dragon shit going on, like in pieces there. And, uh, and the other thing is um, you talk about like this, like future-esque style. It's interesting because in my head, when I think of the future, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a bit of a geek. So when I think of the future, I think of like, um, you know, augments people having like robotic limbs and like, you know, the, the, the total recall kind of esque world. But it's interesting. I also put tattoos in a very interesting part of that place in my head. And I think this whole kind of heavy coverage kind of idea, I think very much suits what is coming in terms of the industrial and the technological aesthetic that we're kind of going towards and i really think your type uh, your style really um almost defines that in some ways actually yeah definitely ahead of its time man i mean i'm not sure uh how much you hear that but it's very much um yeah it feels like there's just going to be more of this to come this this i mean in the west let's say you know so this has been around a lot um as we've said down in new zealand and in you know in that southern hemisphere but in the west us you know, it's like, yeah, there's something about us as humans that, that like and almost need, you know, back in the, you know, whether it's a little pouch with stuff in it that, that Native American Indians had, that that was really important when they went to war, right? They had to have, you know, this particular rock and this feather and, you know, this, this, this seed or whatever it was. And that was, that was uh, a connection to their strength and their passion and I really think tattoos are very similar to that. Like it's, it's a permanent um, connection that you make, but it's, it's in that realm, isn't it? Where you are, uh, you're finding a strength or a pack. Like I know people have them for different reasons, right? So people get them on a drunken <laughs> night out or whatever, but there's certainly something about this one that feels like that, dude. It's like, um, you know, that armor piece that, 
means more than just ink on skin, more than just, you know, this, this color on the skin with a design on it. There's a, there's a real deeper connection to that. How much of that do you, um, do you talk about with your, with your clients or, or even do you think about? Um, so it's not something I would say like, when, like our first session together, like I say, is, is going to be me drawing. So I don't, I, I don't necessarily, um, I don't talk all that much. Like, like I said, I might spend some time talking before I get, before we get going. But once I start drawing, I'm, you know, I don't talk all that much. Um, I talk a lot once we get, you know, once the tattoo is underway and, you know, and I can free up a little bit of that mental capacity to hold a conversation. But when I'm drawing on, I'm, I, you know, it's there. Yeah, I'm not doing much talking then. I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not one of those people that's like trying to juggle a thousand things at once. When I'm drawing, I'm I'm drawing, and that's it. Like I say, when it gets like say black in it with a tattoo, yeah, of course we can have. You know, then there's conversations, and then we discuss these sorts of things. Or yeah, or, or you know, or we don't. We like we talk a lot yeah. about MMA or discuss a lot of people. You know, I mean, when you're a tattoo, you're kind of a tattoo and a therapist because you, people <laughs> you're spending so much time with people. And people end up opening. People do. They they open up to you. I, I and I have a I have a kind of a hypothesis on that. I think, you know, if if people get if people get uh, captured and they have information and uh, and people want that information off them, uh, there's a there's kind of a tried and tested way that you get that information. And it's like you put people in discomfort. And after a while, no matter how <laughs> how strong their ego is, how like it breaks down eventually. You know, mm. now obviously that's that's very extreme. But with tattooing, you know, there's a level of discomfort. You know, if you want to, if you want to feel comfort, you need to buy a chair. If, you know, tattooing isn't the thing to 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 invest in if you want to feel comfortable whilst <laughs> getting it. You know, um, you know. So you have people. You're spending that time with people. You're being hands on, and it's a very like it's interesting because, you know, I'm not someone that enjoys causing harm to people. I'm not. Mm. It's not why I do this job. I don't, you know, I don't like causing uh, pain, pain for to someone. It, you know, it's it's not a nice thing to do. However, it's that it's that kind of thing. You know, it's like it's like training. If you want to be stronger, then you've got to feel the pain of of sore muscles. And if you want to, and if you want to look a certain way because you want these tattoos, then you need to feel the sting of the needles. So there is a level of discomfort with tattooing. And when you're spending extended periods of time with someone, and then you're putting them in a place of discomfort, is after a while, I think. They they reckon, like they're feeling vulnerable and they are feeling pain, but you're also there and you're trying to comfort them and you're getting them through the session. And there is this level level of trust that builds up over time. And after a while, you know, people do they talk to you about about a lot of things and you you know you get a, a good insight into people's into people's lives because they open they open up to you. It's a it's a like I'm not I've really not even thought about it that way, but I'm wondering like how many people actually subconsciously get tattoos. To go put, and yes. release some like yeah, inner, put themselves like, in that shit. space. And here's another thing, like on a, on a like another level. Um, I don't know if you watch the uh, the YouTube show called Hot Ones, and it's like this dude, his name's Sean Evans. He lines up ten different chicken wings, right, that he has and that his guest has, and he's and, like he has all sorts of guests, creatives or whatever. And it's a progression of yeah, that's not too hot, all the way to that is like almost unedible, right? It's like does he eat them as well? Yeah, yeah he eats them as well, but like he's, he's man's gonna have that. stomach ulcers. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But your point is though, he while they're doing that, he's he's conducting an interview with them, 
and you can yeah, tell yeah. as well like those interviews are but, tapping into some other yeah, shit for them they right? definitely are, yeah he breaks down and i think that was part of their original business plan model was that you use the disarming factor of the hot sauce to catch big celebrities off guard with questions that they might not answer all the time in front of the camera and i think it's interesting that you put it like that because I, in my head, I, so I've probably sat for now maybe, maybe twenty to thirty hours of tattooing. I think you're you're probably about the same. Yeah. I've got lots of little ones. Tom's got a bigger chest and shoulder piece, and I think you do very much open up to people. I'd never considered the factor though that it might be because you're in pain that you're opening up to people, and I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. Maybe tattoo artists, maybe. Maybe therapists should just start tattooing. As well. <laughs> yeah. It becomes a dual, a dual um, major at university. You can tattoo and do psychology at the same time. And the NHS prescribed, look, dude, um, you've got, you got depression. Looks like you're holding a lot of pent-up energy from your childhood. You know what you yeah. need? You need a fucking back piece, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and make sure he goes over your ribs as well. That'll really open some shit up for you. There's the fun stuff there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Jim, it's interesting. I, I almost wanted to ask you more about, so obviously you're giving people these gorgeous pieces of art that are like part of their personality and part of who they will be for the rest of their lives. And even if, for example, you know, they donate their body to science or something, that will still continue on, you know? Um, your art will be there. So I wanted to ask... Wait, can I just bring in something here? Go for it. Because uh, donating your body to science, we've had a conversation of my piece right here, that when I die, you want to actually have me skinned? Oh, I want to have that piece skinned, yeah. It's a really beautiful, it's a really beautiful tattoo, yeah. so I want it skinned and framed, actually. You want to, like, collect from the collector, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to come and find you. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, I wanted to ask, like, um, shit, I've actually forgotten my question. So, no, donating your body to science. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, for you personally, what are you covering yourself in? Because I can see, obviously, you've got this beautiful neck piece and coming up your lip and whatnot. What styles are you enjoying dressing your own self in? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because, obviously, I started getting, I, I started getting tattooed before... I, uh, I tattooed myself mm -hmm. so maybe I've got a lot of work I collected a lot of work that maybe if I was to if I was to go again I don't regret like I should say that I don't regret a single tattoo I've got at all mm -hmm. and I wouldn't and I wouldn't change it because it's it's led to where I am now yeah so I, and I've got all sorts you know, I've got a lot of color work I've got you know I'm you know I, I never tried to be I never tried to market myself as a, as a like, oh, the, you know, the complete pack, like, oh, he does this and that he's covered in this. And he's, you know, like, I, I, I don't like that whole, like, market, you know, trying to be a marketing yourself and, and not really, like, it just doesn't feel very authentic to me. Um, but that being said, there is a real beauty to having a bodysuit, uh, uh, you know, one style by one person over one body and having that, that cohesive vision over the you know over the whole thing so it's kind of knowing everything i do now and knowing what works on the body but and already having all the lessons i've got from the tattoos i've got mm. I, I would get a single tattoo mm. from a single person as a bodysuit but again that being said i wouldn't change a thing because every tattoo i've got has brought with it the lessons that have led to where i am now yeah. be with me so so yeah. so on that token Totally. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change a thing about them. Yeah, totally. You know, and it, it's funny you say that. I, I, I have some pretty fucking awful tattoos. 
Um, I have like a smudge of blue on the back of my calf and I have accidentally the word see you next Tuesday on my chest because <laughs> a dude couldn't finish. Accidentally? The uh, it, well, basically I have a quote on my chest and the dude didn't finish the top of an A in the word can't. <laughs> so <laughs> it, he, he sunk it, but it didn't heal properly. So the top of the A kind of came out and it does not yeah, look yeah. like can't anymore. <laughs> um, but it's funny. The thing is, like you say, it becomes part of this journey. And actually, that specific one, I think is hilarious. And I freaking love it. And I think that even though it's a super rude word and my grandmas were not happy about it in any way, shape or form, I think it's hilarious. And like you said, it becomes this like learning process. I now know as well that there's specific types of um, text that I won't like script that I won't get. I know that with, I know that I'm Particularly, I prefer black and gray to color work because the color piece that I got, I'm not super happy with. So I definitely prefer black and gray now. So it teaches you what you like as a person as well as, um, as well as I guess, what your whole overall vision of what you're getting is um, as a whole in the end. Yeah, for me, like I know after I got my piece done, it was like people, uh, friends and everyone else were like, well, give it about, I don't know, a couple of weeks and you're going to be lining up your next one right because there's there's an almost like an addictive thing to it and there certainly was that draw but i felt like maybe different than you guys that i really just loved what i got i was so happy with it and still am so happy with it it was a complete piece exactly what i wanted and i was like you know what i'm fucking done like i got exactly what i wanted there was enough hours in there enough message in there i mean it's sort of like an anthology piece of like tracks my life and so maybe there's another element of from that point to, I don't know, 20 years down the road or something like that, that could build into it or be another piece. That maybe is a consideration, but for what I wanted at the time, like, um, yeah, there, although there is that little, and I, I don't know if it's literally because of the pain and some of the endorphins that go off, there is that addictive, like, mm, Mm, look at that tattoo. I think I fucking want that. And that's very soon after you get it. Like you start okay. looking at tattoos. I was going to say, I, I had like, I have like a three month period where I know that if I don't get a tattoo after I've just got one for three months, I'll be fine. But in that three month period, if I get another one, it's going to be a problem. I'm going to start like <laughs> yeah. just dropping money left, right, well, we and know, center. We have, we have friends, we know, yeah. that are just on the, on, you know, on that. Paycheck you know. comes in and they're walking into the tattoo <laughs> studio, slamming the cash down and like, we must go. Yeah. It's good. You know what though? There's not many things you can do that where you really um how do you like you know you're physically altering and permanently altering the way you mm -hmm. look and in part that's who you are then, right? I mean mm -hmm. you can you know we can talk about like oh in theory it shouldn't be it should you know you are who you are irrespective of that, but then it's a choice. So that is who you are, that is part of who you are, the way you choose. It's not like it's not like your gender or your, you know, your sexual orientation. Like this is a choice you make. It's not something that just, you know, it, so it, you make this choice and it's like, it says something about you, mm -hmm. you know, if you, and that, again, I think that's what, what people really like about the work that I produce is it really says something about, you, you know, when you have a, a, you know, a big black sleeve and it's, a, you know, you're not, you're not shrinking away from anything. You're not trying to fit into the background or, 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 you know, and I'm not saying neither you're doing it to try and get noticed or anything. You just, but, but you're doing what you want to do because it's how it feels, because it feels right to you. And it does, it makes a statement. It makes a statement about who you are. It, it's a, it's an indication of something about you. Um, 
whether you understand that, whether people looking at that understand that, it says something. And it it's basically, you know, you take an ownership of your body there because because it's not uh, it's not just a, a fashion choice which like next year you're going to have a different color jumper or a different cut of this it's uh you know you're making a a commitment to to the way you look kind of for the rest of your days um and that does that so that says something about about a person it says it says something in multiple ways in boldness in in, in courage in um and again, like you said, and Tom mentioned it earlier, the commitment to a certain amount of, uh, like you said, um, altering your your physical form in some ways. And, you know, there's amazing people out there, you know, uh, Grace Neutral, a British tattoo artist who is in London. She is one of those people who is absolutely covered headstone tattoos, but also has a split tongue, tattooed eyeballs, doesn't have a belly button anymore, you know and is completely begun modifying her body. And I think... That's what I was just going to say. It is almost like augmentation. It's a really light augmentation. And we're, we're already there. Like, that's the thing. And I guess that's why, I guess, your style really pertains to future stuff. And I, I men- I've mentioned that on other podcasts, that, you know, even a lip ring, like I have, or, or a scaffolding, a piece of metal in your body, shit, I'm already part fucking robot, if you want to call it. It's not alive and it's not electrically charged, but I've got metal in me already, you know? To say that anyone is afraid of, you know, whether it be robotics being inserted in humans or um, us altering things or, you know, getting new arms, new legs, whatever it may be to make life better. It's the same as getting a tattoo. It's the same as getting a piercing just on a larger scale. So and in some cases with the types of full body suits that you do, uh, it's it's a similar kind of scale, actually, in, in, in terms of commitment. So I think it's even more pertains to the whole future aspect of it massively it's like it's like on a car right so the 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 level of augmentation tattooing it is like a new a new uh paint job on a car yeah exactly but it's fucking permanent right so yeah it's it's a level of that Eh, yeah more permanent it's more like scratching the car yeah and then like like scratching a crazy pattern into your car no no one's doing that That (laughs) maybe that's something to look into i got it Oh, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, man. I was just gonna say, but the car's not conscious of the of the paint job, you know, and, that's <laughs> that's the thing. and the car doesn't get to choose it, and that's yeah. what makes it. That's what makes tattooing different. Is yeah. that you know, is that it's a conscious choice, and this is what I'm saying. It says something about a person, and it's. I think it's part of what makes it uh, so uh, appealing, and then and then like kind of addictive for people is that uh, yeah, it is. It's it's a choice that we make. It's not. It's not bestowed upon us from birth. It's not, you know, and it's not outside of our control, or at least it shouldn't be. You know, it's it's something that a person makes a choice on, and it, it yeah, it says something about them. And, it, and you know, my thing has always been tattooing is, well, the the very nature of tattooing means that we change the way someone looks. But for me, it's really important that it's not just about the looks. And I don't just want to change the way someone looks. I want to change the way they view themselves. And this is a really big, and it's a, part of the reason I, I choose to do such bold, strong, striking designs is because I want that transformation to be as big as as I can produce for someone. Uh, you know, I want it to be, I want them to change. The, every time they look in the mirror, I want them to see the person they want to see looking back and, you know, I'm in the best version of themselves. So... I can't control what they eat. I can't control how much they train. I can't, there's, you know, all of, but the things that are within my control, within my, you know, within my sphere of, of, of kind of changing that person's life, I want to do the best I can so that when they look, you know, the person who looks back at them in the mirror, 
makes them feel better about themselves, makes them feel stronger, more resilient, you know, kind of ready for re- ready for what, what they're facing. Um, you know, and that is, that's a, it's a big deal is, is changing the way someone views themselves. To, to that point, man, I, I, so I watched a little bit of, um, of previous shows you've been on and I know you're from Shropshire and there's a, there's a place outside of Shropshire. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's called Satipanya and it's a Buddhist um, retreat place that I've, so I've been to Shropshire a couple of times because I've gone to there to this retreat and done heavy loads of meditation. But this sort of ties into what you're just saying about really honoring um, a message that you want someone to receive in themselves. So how do you, in terms of like, so I, I, I try to be in the moment as present as I can um, through my meditation. And I know that you said that you and Joe have traveled to Mysore to do some yoga and things like that. And you do some like breathing stuff. What is your, how important is it, I guess, is it for you to be like fucking locked, like locked and loaded in there? I know there's different levels of, right? So there's flow state yeah. where you don't even, you're not having to try, you're in flow state, right? Yeah. But there's other aspects of being able to orchestrate, like I need to fucking zone in right now. How, how do you yeah, work so- with that? Okay, so the flow state is for sure, like that's where we're aiming to get, right? When, we're, <clears throat> when, when I'm drawing on, and that doesn't, you can't just switch that on. It's not just something you go, right, I need to hit it now. Of course, there's days I feel flat. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's days that I feel that inspiration is harder to come by. But, you know, I like to, you know, I like to remind myself to trust my process to, you know, and I just start, just start drawing. Like that's, it's like, for example, like you want to go for a run, the hardest bit's putting your trainers on. Once your trainers are on, then you just take a step and then another step. Then a, and then next thing you know, you're running back into the door because you've done it. It's making yeah. that initial commitment. So for me, like to try and hit that kind of flow state is I just have to trust that I will get there. And, you know, yeah, I've had times where I'm like, fuck me, this just isn't working. I don't know what to do here. Like, oh my God, you know, go downstairs, take a minute, give myself a talking to, come back up and just keep going. And then all of a sudden, it clicks somewhere down the line it clicks and it happens but yeah it takes some work getting there sometimes and uh you know and then i mean i guess you know you said you're very kind of single-minded and uh you know you can be you get and end up kind of um you know kind of uh, obsessing over something and fixing on something objectively like that like i'm the same you know but then um, i'm guessing the reason you're down in shropshire at a buddhist center is because you you've gone through the same path that most people like that have is like your fucking head falls off every now and then because you because there's because that's how it is right when you think that way and when you operate on that way there's like you know i do i have to you know i don't have to i do i do a morning meditation i do i, I go through stretch a stretching routine and a breathing routine and i'm and i'm very ritualistic with that because because again because it you know that you you learn yourself as you get older and you go through it and yeah you, you know you go through certain uh, phases or chapters in your life, um, you know, there's there's uh, th- there's the rub. If you know, being ambitious is great, and having that ability to focus on something and be very kind of single-minded to get there and, and and be like that, it's great. And like you say, it means that you can achieve achieve things in short spaces of time. This, like the but there's the rub. Yeah. <laughs> and the rub is is that the rub is is that every now and then it works against you. And when it works mm. against you, it really fucking works against you. And then you have to find ways to to recalibrate and to and to balance that back off, right? Um, so yeah, so as a way to try and make sure that I'm in a good headspace as much as possible, I try and take care of the things I can. You know, I, I don't drink. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't do drugs. I try and I try and maintain a a, a, a good diet. 
Um, uh, you know, I, I have a, my exercise routine isn't as good as it has been over the years, uh, you know, but I've got two kids, I've got a business, I've got, you know, I've got all these things, like I say, but I do make time every morning and every morning I do between, to, to, between 20 and 45 minutes of, uh, of stretching and breathing and, and kind of some meditation time, uh, you it's know, and, and that's. Yeah, it's, a, it's the same with me, dude. I, I like, I look at it as almost like a full reset every day. Like, it's almost like, okay, here's a poor analogy, but it's like flushing the toilet of your like, you know, of all the stuff every day. And for me, like the retreats is a big flush of like all of it. You know, if I'm, if I'm away for 10 days or 15 days or whatever, and I'm really, really deeply like, you know, whatever you want to call it, cleansing or just getting, um, releasing, you know, all that stuff and really kind of really getting centered. But on a daily basis, I need to do that as well. Cause if I don't, if I don't reset every day, then I can't get back up to hundred percent that day. And if I keep doing that, it's like 97%, then it's 92%. And then it's fucking 85%. And pretty soon, like after two weeks of not taking care of myself, I'm only getting up to 50% and I'm grouchy and, you know, yeah. and there's collateral damage all over the place. And that's what you're talking about. That's the rub where yeah. you start, you start, um, in your chase, uh, you might be progressing in certain things, but you are receding in other things like relationships, like your health, yep. like, you know, all that stuff comes at a cost. And you're right. Like, as you get older, you start understanding that you can still maybe not run as singularly fast. You can't go at, you know, you can't go at that high pitch speed anymore, or maybe you can, but you choose not to. But the, yeah. but the goal is maybe to go, if, if that's 10, the goal is to go at like eight and still fucking have this shit going, right? Still having yeah. these plates going. Um, yeah. Solid relationships, taking care of yourself, like taking care of other stuff in your life. That's, that's the magic. That's where you can really progress as a, you know, as a full human, as a, as a person in full across many different areas. So yeah, that's yeah what I, feel like, I feel like I've had this conversation with a lot of tattoos and, you know, and, and spinning plates is a great analogy. It's like, you can't just focus on the one all the time because the others just fall around beside you. You know, you, you need to be monitoring it all and, and doing that whole balancing act. And, uh, you know, and it is, it, it, it's tricky. It's, you know, and it, you, you, be, you, do be, you do become a bit more deft over time with it and you become maybe more in key with seeing when it, you know, when you need to just focus here a little bit more and, uh, you know, but yeah, it, it is, it's, uh, it, it's a tricky one. Do you know what uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out there? So I'm, we'll, we'll go with, I'm a little bit younger than both of you guys. Um, <laughs> and I would say a, a couple of things. So first of all, I think this podcast has been such a big thing in the last six months that we've been doing this, four months that we've been doing this because we've met some incredible people. You know, we've had Olympians on, we've had, you know, world-class climbers, professional skateboarders, uh, incredible musicians, you know, and you know, you included are some of these people are massive within their industries and to be able to, as, as a young man, get to experience all these different people and see their different ways of doing it. Lots of people have been very inspirational for me personally. And, and, and this conversation is not unlike any of those as well. I'd say it, it for me as a young man. And I think for many guys out there to the ability to discuss when you're going full out and you need to pull the brakes and manage things is not something that guys talk about super often. I don't find lots of dudes at the pub are talking about how they're struggling to manage their relationships, you know, and stuff. And so I would say for me, just sat watching you guys talk, then I, I feel mad inspired and, and, and mad respect to both of you for 
the journeys that you guys have gone on. And it's something that as a young man that now, uh, you know, I've, I work, I, you know, do my passions. I have my relationship. I have my friends and whatnot. And finding the time to juggle those plates and for me unlike you you're you're less of a sociable person than i am <laughs> you're a bit more in in, in like a in, an endorsement in an endorsement where I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm a little bit more um uh, of a social socialite i guess um for me balancing those relationships and whatnot is really important it's something that as a young man i'm in it's some days i struggle with other days i'm really good at and it's nice to see that, you know, there is guys out there that have struggled with it as well and that are um, in a place where you can recover from that. So, no, I, I just want to say thanks for both of you sharing that. I think it's awesome. And I think for you especially, uh, it's getting something like that out to your fans that is very real about you as a person and, and is honest is fucking awesome. I think everyone deserves to see how awesome you are um, at, at what you do and and the respect that you have for the art, the process, for yourself, and for your clients as well is fucking amazing, dude. You're you're a kick-ass uh, you, tattooist or tattooer. I don't know what the <laughs> correct terminology. I don't know which one it is either. <laughs> Artist, I don't know. Um, but dude, yeah, it's it's amazing. I think you're both inspirations for young guys out there, and I think especially uh, tattoo industry is hard as well. It's considered one where you've got to be tough. You've got to be a badass. And especially in the early days, years ago, it was very much like that. Fizzling out a little bit more now, but it still is a very tough industry. You know, I'm sure that kind of uh, conversation will be important to someone wanting to look into that kind of stuff. Well, I think that, I mean, and we both probably have a number of people that we know that are cautionary tales, right? That people that weren't able to figure this shit out. Right. Yep. And I'm not, dude, I haven't figured it out. I'm still figuring it out every day. And, and I go weeks where I'm like, okay, that's two steps back, dude. You went too far that way. You've neglected your body. Let's recalibrate. So there's always this recalibration the whole time. But we do have people we know that never figured it out or that, you know, late in their lives, they've gone so far in this tunnel vision thing that they've, they've, they've destroyed things that they cannot recover again. And yeah. so that's, that's the message, man. It's like, you can be super successful in something. If you come home to an empty house, like how successful really are you? You know, if you can't share it with yeah. anyone, if you can't even be happy in yourself, then how fucking successful have you been? You know, that's- I think that's, that, yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, it's, uh, it's an interesting one because it all comes down to how you measure success, right? Mm. And, uh, and it does feel like maybe, uh, I guess it's always been that way, but I think it's probably even harder for young people now with, with the likes of uh, social media and whatnot and, and seeing like what people value. Because if you look online, then what we value is big house, big car, big bank balance, um, holidays here. Yeah, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, gold chains. Everything big. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. and you know, and that's what we value. Like, apparently that that's the, uh, you know, that's what that's what's a value. So, yeah then it then it that in turn shapes your priorities mm. okay well in order to be valued i need to get this and in order to get this i need to do this and you know and so our priorities have shifted and now you know it's interesting but you know it's like we've got to work hard and we've ever worked we've got to do you know we've got to work in this way we've got to do these jobs we've got to do you know it's it's interesting whereas like you know i got a i got a daughter that's nine and a daughter that's just turned three um and uh you know, I, I know that, don't get me wrong, I like the, I mean, I like the challenge of things. I like the challenge of like, oh, could I, 
do this? Could I achieve that? Could, you know, the, the challenge aspect of things, it's great. But I do also know that my, uh, I, I value my capacity as a father more than I do as being like a rock star tattoo, you know, <laughs> like it's, there's no comparison there. There's no, and, like I say, that, and, and that's why I opted to not, you know, to, to, to adjust my lifestyle and to, you know, not, not drink and not do a lot of the things that actually looking back now were, and I didn't recognize it at the time, but like degenerative behavior, it's like, a, you know, I'm just, I'm, it was a, a coping strategy that, that I wasn't necessarily aware of in the thick of it but then that's like a lot of things is you only really recognize it when you're away from it and you look back and you're like oh man fuck you know yeah. i mean how many times do we see people that, that become victims of their own success uh, you know it's it's more because they if they could if they could get an objective uh, yeah and like an objective outside opinion on something they they would make very different decisions but when they're stuck in the middle of it very hard to see the wood with the trees there and um yeah you know yeah i, I think uh, you see that a lot it's so true. And a, a couple of points that I'll, I'll talk about there is, you know, um, I, I'm super lucky. I, I was uh, like pretty much one of the last generations of people that I grew up with no, com no internet technology really. And then suddenly the internet exploded. And like, I remember when it was like, cool, you're good. It's the like very beginning. You're, you were like, I will teach you how to use Microsoft Word and Google. And that is all that there is, you know, like, and, and it was like, before you Google things, it was like ass and jeeves, you know, and like fucking, so I remember, you know, that those days of what it was like pre-internet and, and now, and don't get me wrong, like the social media thing scares me like massively. And especially because I have friends that are one, two years younger than me that are fully enveloped in it and they don't know anything else. And even just them, the ones that we're at the inception of some of these social medias when Facebook was kind of just coming, Twitter kind of just coming. It's scary. Not to mention the kids that have now got full-on, fully-fledged social media systems that are like carving your time and trying to keep you on them as much as possible. And they're working on their algorithms to do that. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a really, really weird, scary time that we're in in terms of that. And I think you're right, valuing yourself. And for some people, younger people, it's hard to see the difference between what is what is valuable and what isn't in terms of um, materialistic things versus, um, I, I guess, emotional value would maybe be how I'd classify it. And the other thing you said is, you know, people being victims of their own success. I mean, the perfect example of that is Kanye West. I mean, there has never been a more perfect example of someone growing to a height and just completely falling in love with themselves because of success. And it's interesting because if you listen to his older albums and records, he talks about very much being from the hood, being the nerdy kid, and he will never like, a, he even has a specific song, which is about, oh, when you get famous, you're gonna be all about the money. And he's like, no, I'm not kind of thing. And you look at, the, <laughs> look at it 20 years on, if he could re-listen to his, his college dropout album, holy shit, like I wonder, where his head's at and what that could be. And you're right, some people get wrapped up in it. I think it's something that me and Tom have discussed a lot about this podcast and what heights we would like to get to uh, in what's terms of- What's too high, what's, what's not high enough. Exactly, yeah. what's too high, what is, what's the goal? I guess making money and being able to survive doing something creative is the goal, but not being to a point where you've got people who are dissecting every section of your fucking life and like living like to that extent, it gets a bit crazy. And I think, you know, 
it's a great question to ask. I mean, you're no, you're no small presence on, on social media. How, how do you find that with all, with all that going on and people commenting on your shit and all that kind of stuff? I fucking, I, I don't spend any time on it. Like, mm. I, I don't, I don't analyze it. I don't overthink it. I don't, I, um, yeah, I've got to be honest. It's pretty straightforward how I do things. I, um, I do my day's work. I take a photo, I post it. And then I put it down. And I pick it up again tomorrow for the, you know, for the next. Yeah. For, um, I kind of very much do it on a, on a kind of play by play basis. It's a little bit different, like say with lockdown at the minute. Every now and then I'll think, shit, I should put something out there. You know, I should, you know. And I, I and again, I'm not impervious to it. I do feel that pressure to, to, have some content to post. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 negligible you know like it it doesn't keep me up at night it doesn't stop me enjoying taking a walk with my daughter it doesn't you know it it it's just every now and then i'll be doing stuff and i'll be like thinking oh shit i should just post something and yeah. do that but that's why like you know if you look at the times we've been in lockdown my my output's been almost nothing as opposed to when i'm tattooing i i post five to six times a week because I, I finish my day and then i post usually and yeah. i do that because i do that because i don't want to have to think about it yeah, you know, I I do that because it, I just if I do that, I show what I've done today, and then I move on with it. I don't have to analyze. It. I don't have to think what do I think would be a, a good post for today. What should I write about? What should I, do? I don't have to do any of that. I just this is what I've done. Uh, this is maybe a I, I, and I might put uh, I might write a caption that was something we spoke about in the day or something mm. I thought about or mm. and I just let it go. Um, yeah. So I, and then in terms of like, I will. I will. Sometimes I'll go back in and, and answer to comments or, or answer mm. to stuff and and whatnot. But uh, but again, I never I never get offended by anything on there. I never get involved in it. I mean, when when I started posting stuff on Instagram, it was a pretty even 50-50 split of like people going, "Oh, this is great. I really like what you're doing." To what a pile of shit. What is that? You, what what the hell is that? Mm. You know. And again, it's like uh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about those those negative comments. I'm not worried about the shit that gets thrown uh thrown at me um it's a really healthy it just that's a really healthy yeah, perspective man but then i'm i'm i feel like i'm of an age where i didn't have you know that wasn't a, that wasn't a thing growing up that you know i didn't have phones at school or anything like that you know to, to you know, like smartphones with anything or yeah. you know it, it it's just something and for me it's like it's a very very uh effective tool for for sharing my work and allowing people to see what i'm doing um but i again i don't get hung up on it i don't place my this is one of the things right is people mistake um people mistake like being liked for being good mm -hmm. right yeah. or or you know if you like if you can if you can kind of you know because this has X amount of likes, it doesn't mean that it's good. It doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's the truth. It doesn't, you know, it, it's almost, it's irrelevant. It can be a gauge on that potentially, mm -hmm. but it can also be a load of bollocks. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, so I, I definitely like, I, I don't allow myself to get caught up with thinking. I don't ever let it, I don't ever let the numbers or the comments on, on social media platforms or anything like that. I don't let them determine my value to me yeah uh, you know like as, as, a, as a as an artist or as a tattooer like i don't look at it and go i don't post a picture up and go oh it's only had like I don't know, like x amount of likes but yesterday got x times two that must be a better piece no like i know that i know 
for a fact like that doesn't work out that way because there's pieces that I know that are they're equally as oh, good. And, don't stress. Don't no, stress. We're, yeah, we're just I got a battery thing. Just uh, yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> carry on if you want. I know there's you know there's pieces that are equally as good, but for some reason for, I don't know if it's to do with the algorithm or what. This one pops. This one doesn't. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really doesn't really mean much. But again, it's one of those things that I think it's a lot harder for for people who are younger. And within tattooing, or I suppose with anything, people younger in their career who feel like their value is anchored to what they can do online. Um, yeah. And it's difficult. I, I, and it's one of those things if I could, I would implore people and, uh, you know, young tattooers, whatever, don't get driven by that. Don't don't let that determine what what you do with your tattoos. You know, it's like, it, it, sh- it really shouldn't. And I think it's going to make, I think it makes people uh, miserable in the long run if they follow something you know if they decide that i'm going to do these tattoos because these get me more attention Mm. but is that what you want to do is that what you're compelled is that what you're driven to do if you could take away all of the bullshit all of the this that the other would you still do those tattoos because Mm. if you can't answer that yes honestly then it's probably not what you should be doing um you know i do i i do think that you know i feel like i'm very fortunate in so much if you took away all the all the platforms all the this that the other I would still just do the same tattoos that I do anyway. It, you know, I, I, I do the tattoos I want to do. I, I do what I believe is, is, is the right, you know, the right thing for me to do. And I say, right, I'm, I don't mean like, you know, inherently right. I just mean it's right for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so that I would implore people to follow what, what they believe is right for themselves and not what's being dictated to them by social media numbers. Yeah. So uh, along those lines, man, um, if we, if we go back to that, you know, that horizontal path and that there's styles within styles. Like what are you vibing on these days? Like what is the thing that's getting you excited about tattooing these days as far as your design, how, how, it, how it's evolving? So let's, you know, back to Khabib, this is like, so he mastered the Dagestani handcuff, but he's now yeah. added a fucking leg trip, you know, in the last six yeah. months that he really fucking loves. Like what is the equivalent of you that you're vibing on right now? Yeah, so the first lockdown was really interesting. Um, because I got to spend time. So as a tattooer, then I'm a commission artist, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to a degree. I mean, I know we've already touched on the fact that it's very heavily influenced by the, the design, by what kind of what I see being the design for that person based on yeah. their reference material. But I will never do something that someone doesn't feel happy with. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to try and strong arm anyone into a design they don't like. Mm. Um, I'm not going to do anything on someone that they don't like. Uh, which ba- which means that the canvas, for want of a better word, that I that I'm tattooing has an opinion, and they that, and I have yeah. you know and I I respect that opinion. And time, you know, t- time's a, a funny thing because it it seems to get filled, just it just it constantly seems to be full, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and I guess the older you get, the more valuable the time becomes that you have. So when you have kids. It's like people you would have spent time with previously. You just don't have time for anymore because you, you prioritize your kids. So when you've got, uh, a, you know, like a, a job that you love in tattooing and then you've got, you know, a creative vision for the stuff, but then you've got a family and then you've got, you know, the time you have, the spare time you have is, is nigh on non-existent. So I had a lot of ideas rattling around in my brain for things that I wanted to do outside of the skin, uh, which I just, I, I hadn't found the time to do. Whereas with the first lockdown, I got to indulge. I got to indulge in that, and 
so I, I worked with oil on canvas and I brought color into my palette and it forced me. How hard was that dude to like bring something other than black and so you were like, ah, yeah. something, what did you put it in the and, corner of the room to start with? And like, okay, it's in the same room with me. <laughs> no. I, it was so difficult. I'm actually, I've got, I've got a few paintings that, um, that I'm going to post. I keep meaning to see, this is that thing because with painting, when I was doing the paintings, I never did the whole, this is my progress today. And yeah. so I'm sat on a load of stuff now that I've just never posted. I never put out there. And I, and I keep, again, it's just, I've got to just sit down and just post them mm. um, and get them out there. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to sharing more of that stuff. Again, I just, I don't prioritize that, that time with, with social media really, but um, yeah, no, it was very difficult bringing in different colors uh, into my repertoire, if you like, but more, what was more difficult was um, learning how to, push oil around with a brush on a canvas and and it's certainly like I, I really scaled it up I did some really big pieces and that was very difficult um and that adjusted the designs that I did because to be able to make it work to be able to apply the oil in the way I wanted to I had to make designs a certain way mm -hmm. yeah. so I mean I spent a lot of time designing things in a very certain way and I noticed a huge shift in my work when I came back after the first lockdown Mm -hmm. and that was definitely based on the paintings and, and the artwork I created during lockdown and now we find ourselves in this second lockdown I'm doing a different set of a, a different kind of approach to my artwork and really focusing on a, on a whole different thing again because I'm, I'm interested to see how it shifts you know again having that time freed up that yeah. forced time freed up to actually indulge in things that normally I just you know I wouldn't have the time to do yeah so that so to answer your question that's currently like what i'd say like that's you know adding adding to my skill set and to my uh and what's really pushing and evolving my work is the is the time i'm spending away from tattooing uh, mm. which is interesting because you'd kind of think that tattooing would, would would bring it on more but in fact because i feel like i've done so much tattooing and i've there's so many years and so it, the the change of pace is actually what's bringing back uh, sorry is bringing about a faster kind of cycle of evolution it's a it's almost like um it's like uh, we mentioned it before like vasily lomachenko um doing ballet classes you know it, it might not yeah, exactly. be yep. it might not be the exact same forte but it teaches you skills that you can then use in your repertoire that allow you to be um it might be a slightly different version of yourself but also a better more powerful version of you because you understand things from a couple other angles rather than the one that you were maybe chugging down before yeah. which you know, I, I think is one of the things that I, I, I'm very different to Tom and, and you and yourself in that Tom's very linear. I'm much more spread out. I go horizontal and I'm like, I want to try everything. I want to be able to at least have experienced it and like try it. So when it comes down to like my core things, like I love like and I've skated for like my entire life. You know, I love movies and things. There's specific things that I do in that, you know, filmmaking and stuff that I'm interested in. But then I also find it super refreshing to dip outside of those. And for example, you know, with filmmaking, look at animation or like anime and things and trying to understand that version of filmmaking um, rather than looking at standard Hollywood or looking at like Bollywood and like Hong Kong theater and stuff. And I think it is a big testament to the artist that you are if you are able to um, at points step out of your own style, try something else and then find something within your own style that's new and kind of, uh, I guess, 
uh, improved maybe, um, but maybe just a, a slight different direction in some cases. So dude, did you, did you like, are those colors locked away in the safe or did you have to dig a hole in your back garden and like put them in there for now? Just so <laughs> Yeah, no, that, I mean, that, they're still about, they're still mucking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice one. No, um, I honestly, uh, it's, we're coming up to two hours, man. Thank you so much for this. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you um, about all this amazing stuff. Um, obviously, um, you're an incredible human being, uh, further than just a, a tattoo or tattoo artist, tattooist. Um, you're, you're, you're an amazing man, and it's been not only a pleasure, but an honor to talk to you today, man, and, and get to know you. So uh, thank you very much on, on my behalf. I, I very thank much you for inviting me on and taking the time to speak to me. I do appreciate it. No, it's, and it's refreshing to have, um, to have conversation that's real. You know, it's, uh, you know there's, it seems like conversation can be very agenda driven and it's nice just to talk about stuff in a real way in an authentic way so really appreciate that i know our audience will as well so thank you yeah um quickly before we end off dude um is there shout yourself out plug your socials so people can find you how do people get in contact if they want some of your amazing black work like what let, let people know how they can find you yeah so the i mean where you can find out more about uh, my work my philosophy around tattooing uh, my you know and just anything to do with really the, the tattoo and the artwork I create is a, a unity.tattoo. That's www.un1ty.tattoo. And that really is the, you know, the best place to look. I mean, I'm, I'm on the social media stuff, but uh, it, again, it's a, it is what it is. I, I think the website's the way to go. Perfect. You're, you are, if people do want to go to social media, you are Hannah Mantra on social media yep. across uh, certainly Instagram and Facebook. So there's a couple yeah, of different places, so, yeah. but to book, to book a, a session with you, best to give you a call or an email at uh, unity.tattoo. Amazing. Got it. Um, and then guys, for us, um, this has been episode 28. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know how we do uh, a little bit of the Holy Trinity so that we can keep doing this, guys, um, keep progressing the podcast. So first of all, like and follow on Facebook, a subscribe on YouTube um, if you can, and then also share any one of our posts, whether it be a podcast, or an upcoming podcast or whatever it may be, give it a share. You never know who within your circle of friends would enjoy uh, a conversation like this. So uh, thank you very much for watching. Guys. We really, really Thanks, Anamanta. Right. No worries. Take care. All right, man. I hope you all enjoyed this pod clip. Hit us with the Holy Trinity. Go to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, which is at Homie and the Dude. Like, follow, and subscribe to all of those. And thanks again, guys. Have an awesome day.